Hi and welcome to The Courageous Mama. I hope you're having a great half term. I never find the February half term easy because the weather is usually cold and it's not quite time to go camping. And this year it's freezing, isn't it? On top of which we're so limited anyway. And those walks that we're all reduced to feel like harder work at the moment. We revolve the toys, so I know that many of you do that too. And this week, we've got great big buckets of Lego down from the loft, collected from 26 years of parenting, and it's like Christmas. Lots of creative things under construction here. Quite hard to find a space to eat and mind what you tread on, but the means justify the ends. I'm loving the creations and looking forward to show and tell on family night on Friday. So here's a funny story. I've been tracking a psychologist in California called Vanessa Cologne, and she really inspires me. And I thought she's definitely got something to bring our community here. She's got this long history of working with children and lecturing on behaviour and a very loyal following, too. So I asked her if she would come and chat with me on the podcast. So she took a look at us and accepted. But here's the funny part. We arranged to meet for the first time on Zoom and as my children will tell you, technology isn't my primary gifting, but I am techy enough to be able to send somebody a scheduled Zoom meeting. So I did and when she popped up on Zoom, there was just a big screen of her face. I couldn't see me, but that wasn't really an issue. So on we went. We chatted about our shared passions and parenting and behaviour and tools and connection and unbeknownst to me, all the while, I was earnestly asking and answering questions whilst dressed as a green goblin. Worse, it was a full 24 hours before the penny dropped for me. So Johnny came into the kitchen after his piano lesson. And he said, oh, that was a bit embarrassing, Mum, because when the piano teacher popped up, I realised I hadn't deleted the special effects left over from the youth group on Sunday. Hmm, what exact special effects were these, Johnny? Well, I had green eyebrows and a green moustache and a green beard and green hair. I was mortified and I had that horrible realisation moment as I reviewed my conversation with Vanessa and all the things that we chatted about all the while looking utterly ridiculous. So I very quickly emailed her and fortunately she admitted that she had found it a little bit strange but highly amusing. Phew! I meet so many interesting people in the parenting world and learn so much from them as I go. There's more than one way to shape your family and to help your children grow, but I love it when the high priority is connection. And I love it when that style and culture are similar, but we all come away learning something new. And I know that I did. Vanessa runs her own non-profit school, KFS, which she started in 2016 in only 48 hours, but that's another story. And that came after many years of supporting parents and professionals in various settings, including her Cologne Family Services, which provides behaviour consultations for families and for professionals and for schools. She supports all families, and who out there hasn't been challenged by their child's behaviour ever? But she specialises in supporting those who live or work with children who have learning and behavioural challenges, including those on the spectrum or high-spirited children who need to learn self-regulation. So as we chat to her, her references are either about the families that she's working with or the children at her KFS school. 
Vanessa is also a guest lecturer around California with various schools and organisations seeking professional development in behaviour modification and management. She was named Woman of the Year by the National Association of Professional Women 2014 and deservedly so. Vanessa is passionate about keeping families together, happy, communicative and healthy. Amen to that. And I think one of the things that has really impacted me about her as I've got to know her recently is how deeply she cares for the children and the families that she works with. Tools are great, but connection is where the power is. And unusually, whilst we were recording the podcast, it was also being aired as a live TikTok by Vanessa. So lots going on. And she was getting questions asked of us live. So that was quite funny, trying to work out who was asking what of whom, as you'll see as you listen. But we started by having a chuckle about our slightly unorthodox first meeting. Well, we, I'm all note to self when somebody calls you on Zoom with a, that looks like a goblin, <laughs> let them know <laughs> they don't, they can't see themselves. Because what I did learn in this whole thing is that <laughs> they can't see themselves. I thought you could. No, did you think that was British humor? I'm. Do, I know you know we're down for being a bit quirky. <laughs> right. Once you said you had a seven year old, I was like, I got it. Okay. <laughs> so brilliant. So you're live on TikTok. What What are they asking you? Hey, I have a question on a child. So what would you say of a child that's nine years old that is stealing food and just taking whatever they want? Excellent. What yeah. So how it, so I answered, so what would you say? Okay. I'm curious. Yeah. Always. <laughs> always. What, would yeah, you, so what have you done? What have you tried? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, you, what would I say? I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah. What would you say? Because <laughs> she's, she's saying she wants to lock everything up. I guess everything feels relational to me. It's all about having that conversation before you start coming down with the barriers and the boundaries, which are really important, these boundaries. But I first want to work out, you know, what's going on? You know, are you hungry? Do you feel like you want to own a bit of food? Do you want your own food pot? Do you want mealtimes to be different? You know, what is it about family life that's making you feel like you've got to do something in a way that you have to keep secret? Right. And I said, my, my reaction was that maybe they can have an area that they have their own snacks that they can get when they need to and having a conversation. Okay. So there we go. We hey. are very similar in that. So I just yeah. was checking on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did I do that right? <laughs> <laughs> did I do that right? I, well, that was one of the things that came up. Um, but I think that, yeah, just having that conversation, like how do we work as a family together with this issue? And yeah, I always think connect first and then give them a chance and then consequence. C, C, C. Right, well, she, okay. She just said he get, he eats it on one sitting and then gets sick. Um, and I think with that is being able to be mindful of the body and being able to teach that piece on there and maybe sitting with them and eating and then having them check in with each bite. Cause it does take 20 minutes for by the time you eat to actually your stomach to tell you, and he might not be feeling that if he's full or not, but I'm like, I would sit with him and him as he's eating and like actually have him be mindful of what he's putting in his body. So, um, you know, if there are other siblings around, you know, what, what's the context for these meal times? Is he on his own in front of the TV or are they having meal as dinner? You right. know? I think also modeling limitations, you know, it depends on the family setup, doesn't it? 
So yeah. I'm going to put you to the test again. Look, hey, how about this? I've got some questions. <laughs> yeah, do it. Go for it. But yeah, next question. <laughs> so there is so much I could dig into with you. There really is. Right. For hours, but a lot of my parents, you know, they come to me and they say, you know, what do you do about rudeness, bad manners, pushback? Right. So I think with, with, okay, the rudeness and the bad manners is actually not meeting them where they are. So if they're going to come at, like, if they're responding with, eh, I'm not going to come back and be like that. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm going to try to, I'm not going to match their attitude to their attitude. So you don't, so, um, yeah. I'm not going to mirror them. And what, to me, I'm going to try to diffuse it. What I do is called the rewind. It's like, okay, let's do this over again. So the rewind is where you do it again. Right. So I'm going to teach them how to, to do it again. If a child does something, for example, and like today for what happened was I saw one of the kids go to cut another child's thing, like a, a rope or whatever it was. And I go, wait, what's going on there? And he goes, well, I was, what's I go, what would happen after you did that? Well, it would break. And I go, well, I'm wondering if you want the rope too. He's like, yeah. And I go, here we go. I'm going to teach you how to ask for that. Before like having his huge behavior, say, can I have some more of this? Because everybody else had it and he didn't. So he decided that I'm going to, I want to be, everyone else is going to feel what I'm feeling. So I'm not going to do it. But I think a lot of it is when the kids are having that attitude, it's like, okay, let's try that again. And I'll wait until you're ready to try it again. If it's real, you know, I think the biggest thing is being able to wait a child out instead of just coming at them. And I think a lot of times kids need that reflection time. So like, okay, how did that, how did that work out for you? Okay. I'll be back in a minute. Let me know. Cause you want them to think yeah. about how their actions are affecting them. So the rewind comes in is do it again. And then there's the repair and the repair is repairing the relationship that just happened. Okay. Right. So maybe that there's a fight, there's a huge thing and a child leaves the room, but then we also have to think how a child comes back in, in any relationship, once it's broken, how does a person come back in when they're feeling embarrassed and ashamed? What do they do? They have another behavior. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's being able to give the tools to like, I have sometimes I call it the sorry hat or just coming in, even like you could put something on your face, not, but I don't even like the word sorry but something that they're able to, it's just emotion of like, okay, I feel bad and I need help repairing this. Okay. Right. So a lot of times, like if it happened on that day, it stays at that day. I don't want a child ever to go home and feel like I had a really bad day. I got in a fight with a friend. And then what happens is that anxiety takes over, right? Cause it wasn't repaired. Yep. They didn't have the rewind. They didn't t- get taught another way. And then the anxiety coming back in and another behavior. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. I just want to rewind <laughs> a little bit and just say, yeah, well, you talked about putting the hat on, which of course, just separate that for me okay. from shame, because it feels like, oh, I've got the kind of shame hat on now, but that's not what you mean, is it? No, it makes it silly and fun. And the kid, once again, I'm not going to do something unless the child again is part of the conversation. Okay. And then they what if the they don't feel sorry? What if they're on empathetic yeah, um, they've just done? I have a lot of kids that are unempathetic <laughs> and they really see that, that, that they're right, that they are right. That person took my block and I hit them and it's okay. Cause I did that. I mean, and so with that, I just, it's teaching every day, go and check with your body. How did that, you know, how does your body feel? Or how did that make you feel when I did this? And that person gives them the feedback. So you're empowering both people to be able to like actually communicate and go with each other on this. Does that so make you sense? Have an intervention. You kind of get them together and you get them both. Always an intervention. How it felt. Okay. 
I get that. And so, even at home. Yeah, yeah. Even with a parent and a child, if they're doing it, I mean, even if, a, and sometimes I don't think people realize that if there's a fight, a parent and a child fighting, right. And you know, the child goes and then maybe comes back and gives them the parent a water. That to me is a, sorry, that yeah. to me is saying, okay, I'm trying to fix this, but I think people, it just, you have to look at the nonverbal communication. The nonverbal communication will show everything. Let's talk about that word, sorry, because it, it can be so frustrating, that yeah. word, can't it? It cannot mean sorry at all. It I hate be, it. I want this issue off the table. I want it behind me. I don't want you to bother me anymore. Sorry. What do you do about that? Yeah. So I actually, it's a rule in my school. You're not allowed to say sorry. Not it's a rule. at all. Like it is, it, it, I will not hear, I want changed behavior. I go, uh-uh. If I hear sorry, if it's funny, new kids that come to me and they say sorry and everyone's like, Mm. Oh my goodness. Nope. But you want, I want change behavior. You want regret. I, I want them to understand that like we have a choice. You know, you have a you have choices in life. What choice are you gonna do? What and then what are the consequences afterwards? That's what mm-hmm. it is. Get out of jail free card, isn't it? Yeah. So again, the rewind and the repair replace sorry. Okay. That's so interesting. I'm happy with the word sorry if it's attached to remorse, not self-pity, which is, I want out. Um, I'm sorry I did it because it meant that, you know, I got a consequence, but I'm not actually sorry that I caused that pain for you. I don't care what it did to you. So I I like sorry if it's attached to genuine emotion. Well, then how do you know it's genuine emotion? Well, I think you read the body language, don't you? As you say, you read the non-verbal. Some people can mask. Well, that's true. So I go a little (laughs) bit deeper. You do, you do. But then I suppose in the end, sorry doesn't mean anything until the person who's being apologized to genuinely believes that there's been repair. Yeah. And, you know, being in a small school in a small community, it's not like one child does something and then they can go to like another group of kids. We all have to figure it out together. I mean, that's a relationship. So I feel like being able to repair these things and all my kids are coming in with like, you know, whatever things going on. And it's openly discuss what are our goals what are we working on and what are we doing and so when something comes up it's like well we know we're working on this now how do we have that empathy and how do we show that we care about our friends and our community I love that and do you do the goal as a group so let's take that group and say it's a family do you do the goal as a family or is everybody working on their different things it depends um it's both okay there are certain yeah and and I do call like Cologne Family Services School is my school. There's the name's family is in it. I, you know, we have, you know, I am very much about the community and, and being able that everyone, you know, I have a child laying on the floor taking a test, someone sitting over here. They're like roaming around. It's not your traditional and I have movement desks. I'm all about the mind body connection. So I have a little different approach. And I, when we're having a meeting or setting rules, it's the family meeting. Okay. How are we all gonna come into this together? A family meeting. I include myself in that. Yes. Um, I actually call parents, mom and dad. I actually get myself in there. Like, okay, mom and dad, like, how do we do this together? Um, so the child also doesn't feel like, oh, it's just me. It's everybody here. And that's when you're doing a family intervention. Yep. Yeah. And that's so what the family going, intervention is. So going back to the goal, let, let's say in a family, you had mayhem around getting out the door in the morning. So I just want to go back to how you said, you know, rewind, diffuse. And let's say you've got the little girl, she won't put her shoes on, she won't get out the door. And as you rightly say, you need to kind of take a pause 
and maybe you'll say, I'll come back in a minute. But what if actually the mum's got to get out to work and she hasn't got that moment? How would you diffuse when you're under a time pressure? So what's the age? Well, it's usually the primary school children, isn't it? My getting out the door questions, which aren't relevant at the moment because everyone's in COVID. <laughs> so they're all right. in lockdown. I mean, I think for me is I'm all about a natural consequence too. Like they don't put it on, then, you know, pick the child up, get him in the car. But also having a conversation, like I, this has happened before where a parent, the shoes don't fit. Again, it comes out of the conversation, but it doesn't fit. It's a sensory issue, like the socks, the lining on the socks. Yeah. So depends on what it, I mean, there's just so many ways to go about it. But again, if I'm going to ask twice the third time, I'm going to help. And like, I'm all about a natural consequence. I'd rather it be natural. So it's like, well, if you don't want to put your shoes on, then we're just getting the car. And then you just let me know on that piece. And most of the time they do put them on. One other thing is that parents don't realize that kids don't know how to ask for help. You think they do sometimes, but they don't. So is it, do they need to ask for help with it? They're having a hard time. There are some shoes that I'm going to be honest, suck for kids. But what if they're just dawdling? You know, they just don't really want to go to school. You know, they're tired. Yeah. And that's where I would just like, okay, we're just going. I pick them up and put them in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's okay. me though. And that's what you mean by I'm going to help you. So, so first of all, you, you set the goal, you rewind, you diffuse, and then you give them one more chance, don't you? And then you say, I'm going to help you. Yeah. And that might be a physical help. So, okay. So let's say, your child, it's time for them to take their plate from the table and put it in the dishwasher and help a bit. And they don't want to because they want to get on their screen. And, you know, you do your rewind. Yeah, you'll do a rewind there. And like, for example, if they really want the screen time. I'd be like, OK, well, you can have it when you're done. Let me know when you're done. Yeah. And that's it. And sometimes, you know, so my book, Shut Up and Parent, people talk too much. Yeah. There's a reason it's called Shut Up and Parent. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to debate on, I'm not going to argue and get it with over a dish. It just doesn't make sense, right? So I'm like, okay, when you're ready, let me know. I'm going to be over here. Yeah. They don't get the screen until they get it. Which you can do yeah. if you've allowed time. Sometimes you're in a situation where you haven't got the luxury of time. Then what do you do? It's a natural consequence. If they didn't get it done in time, then they don't get the screen time. Yeah. Natural consequence. And sometimes it's, as I say to parents, you know, don't jump in the pit because it's so hard, isn't it? They come back with these really clever retorts. And before you know where you are, you're sort of in the pit and you're slugging it out with them and you're being the five-year-old and they're being the adult. That's yeah, I think it's really important to understand that when a, when a child is in that state, like no processing begins anyways. That's why it's shut up and let, let it be. And then they calm down. You can talk because you're not going to process any information. It's just like when you're in a fight, no one's getting any feedback because no one's hearing anything. That's why as you take a break, yeah. take a step out, then come back in and then do it again, which is the rewind. And yeah. I also think it's super important for parents to be like, okay, I'm getting super pissed off right now. I need a break because you're modeling. Okay. I'm taking care of myself. These are the things that I need to do for me. And I hope that you would do that for you too. Yes, I love that. And of course, at that point, the frontal lobe shut down, the amygdala's on fire, they can't reason. It's hard sometimes because when you do step out and say, do you know what, you know, love you too much to argue, or I just need to step out for this moment. Then they say, oh, you're, you're, you're shutting me down, you're disconnecting. And they, they're clever at using those words, aren't they? But it's not disconnection, is it? Do you want to sort of, you know, just dig into that? You know what? A lot of times my kids like the break. So I don't get a lot of that piece. And also for me, I don't go far if the child's that upset. I might like be across the room, but I'm not like far. Mm. Does that make sense? I'm like, I'll talk to you when you're calm. 
and that's it. And I feel like that's all I can do. And I do use that line. I love you so much. I'm not going to argue with all my kids. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important because I am so, I don't take a lot of bullshit in my own way, but I'm also very consistent, but I also have a really strong relationship and I always want to express how much I care about that. Yes. That's really important for me that they know, because I am going to increase their frustration tolerance. I am going to make them really mad at me. There has been time. I mean, I've been told that I'm like the gum on the bottom of someone's shoe because I never go away. And I'm that annoying piece. I mean, and that I've been told that I'm going to be fired. I've had the cops call me one time by a child just by showing up. Just my face. Being unconditional, isn't it? I don't say, um, I'll wait till you're calm. I say, I wait till we're calm because I know what's coming back. I am calm. (laughs) So I prefer to say, I'll wait till we're calm because I can evaluate when I'm calm. Yeah. Evaluate when you're calm. That's nice. You know. Yeah, no, that's actually that's really nice because that once again it's not putting it on the child. Yeah, I just find that works. Yeah, really- no, that's not. It's a good one. I'm just going to jump in here and recommend not one but two books to you today. Firstly, grab Vanessa's book Shut Up and Parent and get some great ideas for keeping your relationship healthy whilst developing some good behaviour patterns. Theirs and yours. It's a corker. And for the beautiful hardback coffee table parenting for life, pop to thecourageousmama.com or the link in the show notes and get your lovely copy delivered to your door or delivered to a friend's door for the special listener's price of £15. You'll love it. And do send me an extra note if you'd like me to sign it. And now back to my conversation with Vanessa. So I just want to do one more with you and then I really want to dig into your book because that title is so provocative. It's just, it's, it's calling me. <laughs> Let's just do lying. You know, what, what do you do about deceit? Because that's a tricky one relationally, isn't it? It is. And you know what, that's, an, I, that's when I, I'm going to be honest with you, I struggle with that one a little bit because to me, a lie means that you have to think about what you did. There's like all these things you have to cover up and that's just a lot of energy. So at my school, a lot of it is like if a child's, lying or doing stuff we don't have a lot of liars I think that we, they might come in like doing some things but it does it because I'm like I always say that no matter what I want the truth and you're not going to get in trouble if you tell me the truth okay right and then we work through it yep. um, and if there's a sibling or something else going on it might be like okay for the next five minutes can we try this again without it and I'm going to watch and show me how you don't lie or how you don't do things but I want to stick on the positive and the word that I like to use is trust, right? No. So, okay, I'm going to leave you, like, for example, like the child going in there, I'm all, can I leave you for two minutes without going into the cabinet? And then be gone two minutes, come back and like, oh my gosh, you didn't do it. I love that. Okay. Wow, I trusted you. But I'm not going to say 20 minutes. Okay. I'm going to say two minutes. Yes. You have to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> in 20 minutes, I've forgotten what they're doing there. It's got to be two minutes. Right. <laughs> It has to be two minutes. It's almost like you have to go to the bathroom and then come back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that, those are all things that are like, because to me, like my kids, they know how I am about lying. Like that is just, I just have like a strong line on that like because I can't help them. And so if they're not being honest, especially if you're doing one-on-one with a child and then they're telling you this whole other thing, like it's really difficult. So I think again, having that trust and just having that open communication that like, you're not going to get in trouble, no matter what you say, we're going to figure this out together and go from there. Cause my kids, I'll be honest, are very honest Mm. after being with me in my school. Like I don't have a lying thing unless they actually are lying and they think that that's true. That's not to say 
yeah, that's like, that's just processing. Right. So it's like, oh, I, I, they really think that they didn't do it. So it's different. So I think for me, it's just keeping the door open always to communication. And again, it's trust one another. And I also think the biggest thing is me not lying, right? So if I say five minutes, five minutes is five minutes. If I say it takes two times, it's going to always take two times only because I think you have to model that. And if you're not modeling it, then a child doesn't think that you're trustworthy and the amount of energy to lie doesn't make sense. Cause then you gotta think of the next lie. Yeah. And, and I often, I often think that actually, if you're pretty suspicious, they're not telling the truth, but you can't actually, you can't actually evidence that then I get to a point where I feel I'm going to take your word I might not believe your word, but I'm actually going to give you the benefit of the doubt because the minute you say, I don't believe you, it's very hard for them to build back up at that point, isn't it? It's almost easy right. to go, okay, well, if you say you didn't, then I need to believe that. And then we go forward from there. Being believed is actually quite honoring, isn't it? It is, right? So this reminds me that I just had a, something happen like a month and a half ago where um, I was doing an, a child that the parents don't like believe him. And that we're working on trust, right? And so we, I put him in the car. Mom picks him up. He did like a body, like a, a I don't know what it was. For it's it triggers something in her, right? Yeah. And it was almost like this jolt. And she gets out of the car, and the reaction was like, "What?" He's like, "She's gonna hit me." I saw it, and I'm all, I'm like, "I was right there," but I think that that there's something in this for whatever reason, some body language got her. And I said, can you please sit back in the car? And I asked the child, I go, were you going to hit your mother? He goes, no, I go, you need to trust that this is, he meant it. He's like, I wasn't. And that there's that moment you could see, like, we need to start building the trust again, because when it's broken for so long, it's hard for everybody. When you have somebody who's already like in this PTSD and in this house, and it's just one of those things where it's like, how do you regroup from that? Yeah, because you can just loop, can't you? Loop you can loop. keep going yeah. and you have to just stop. And I said, it's time to like, it's time to heal, you know? And I go, it's just little steps. And if you say, okay, you know what? Can you put your plate in there? I'm going to go to the bathroom and he does it. Oh, that was amazing that you did it versus like having a fit and throwing your food on the floor. Yeah, yeah. You know, kids do that stuff. So I think it goes down to, for lying, it's increments and it's relationship and building trust, but also knowing you're not going to get in trouble. Yes. Right. One kid who downloaded Facebook <laughs> and he slipped and he told me, he's like, Vanessa, I saw your Facebook. And I'm all, oh my gosh, he's not supposed to have that. And I'm like, no one's going to get in trouble. I'm just going to process this uh, and move on. And that's it. I think the biggest thing is moving on. I love that. We call it cleaning up our mess. So nobody gets in trouble, but we will always give you an opportunity to I like that your mess or you might say repair but it's about sort of you you can't always make it right this is we have a, a chap on the podcast called David Baker he's a frequent flyer I love him and he says you can't make it right but you can offer for somebody to try and make it better and I love that yeah. it's, it's a gentle way to come in isn't it I can make this better well that's so empowering isn't it it oh, is brilliant so now I am going to dig into this book of yours shut up and parent <laughs> it's only 14 bucks come on now and look it's like simple there's not like a bunch of stuff it's all strategies <laughs> come on people we need strategies and you can download it can't you from amazon it's a yeah you can download it on there so you can do it on amazon it's an ebook you can get that in the uk though can't we yes you can and i think it's like five bucks 
Okay. If I don't know what it is in UK money. <laughs> <laughs> Probably about three or four quid. Um, there you go. <laughs> give us some chapter titles. Give us a teaser. Okay, so we have, let me look at it here. Um, okay, well, one of the chapters is the relationship. It takes two. Love it. Um, everyone is working on something. Yes. And then we all, yeah, so everyone's working on, promise me you won't do it again. Because I don't. Tell me about that. So I think that that is a lot of stress on a child. Oh, okay. So you're saying don't say that. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, yeah, that's like, I will never do that again. Gosh, I might on a bad day. <laughs> right. And I even, like, yesterday I told a kid, I go, you know, it's because yesterday uh, a kid did something and I go, you know, I know it's hard to be nice sometimes. He's like, yes. I go, can we try to be nice for five minutes right now and just see how it feels? Just five minutes, put the timer on. I go, how was that? Was it? He's like, was good, actually. So a manageable goal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, two minutes, five minutes, keep it simple, you know, child no, brush their teeth on their own. Awesome. Um, the other one, when you are calm, which I think I actually like when we are calm. So oh, I might change that later <laughs> for my next one. I'm already starting my second book. Um, and I also had listening strategies for children with processing issues. So I also went into what sensory processing is, what it might look like for behavioral piece and things like that. Mm -hmm. And the last one is counting to three in your head. So when you ask a child to do something, pause, count to three in your head, and then go to the next. And then the next would be ask again, ask again. You're and not going to ask. You need time to process. The child needs time to process. So one, two, three, rewind. Mm -hmm. use. And then ask again. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm going to help you if and whatnot piece. And it also could be, are you ready to listen? That's one of the things. And then also the last one is um, repairing the relationship. And then why, sorry, doesn't mean anything. I put a chapter, I actually put a chapter on that. And oh, another thing is um, how parents can decrease their stress. But wait, I also did a chapter on questions for when you have a child and both parents are like super heightened, how to communicate, yes. like taking a step back and saying, how do you guys communicate together? So I actually did a case study in here. I said, from that case study, I want you guys to look at this and practice communicating without That's judgment. So good. That's so, so important, sort of Gottman yeah. stuff. Yeah. Going back to what are we working on? That that's really helpful. Even just that chapter heading. I mean, I so one of our children often says, "Don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. Don't say that." And you know, today I said, "There is so many rules that I'm not allowed to say this. I'm not allowed to say that." But when you say working on, you know, what are you working on? I think there are there is something that we're working on with him, and there's mm -hmm. something we are expecting of him. So. I think that's a great thing for me to be able to say to him, I'm going to work on my sentences. So remind me again, what do you want me to say to you when it's time for school? What do you want me to say to you when you want to come off your screen? I mean, I don't want him to rule me into a box, but I think I could offer him the humility of saying, right, I need to work on this. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yeah, but you know, I would take it a little bit deeper and be like, okay, so whatever he gets upset about, have like a fun word, right? Make it like, again, like what word is it when I do this, where I know to change my behavior and I need help with it. So it's lightens it. What, so right? you mean he gives you like a code word? Instead yeah, of like whatever code word it is. And kids have so much fun with this. So give me an example. Okay, we came up with a code word elephant, right? So say whatever he, what upsets your child. 
Okay, so what was it today? We were getting in the car and I said, okay, um, you get in this side. Don't say you get in this side. <laughs> okay, what would you like? Okay, so right, say? instead of him saying that, I would say elephant and then be like, oh, I could say it a different way. Again, it's making it light, but everyone's learning a, a different approach. Okay, so elephant is my word or is his word? His word, have him come up with the word. Okay, right? you know, when he doesn't like the way I've said something, he mm -hmm. says his code word, and then I have another shot at it. Yeah. Love it. Gonna try it. Yeah, well, the other thing is, again, shut up and parent, you don't need to talk too much. Make it fun. The mm -hmm. more that you can make it light is where you're gonna see the change. We mm -hmm. don't need so things so serious all the time. Right? We're always in our head anyways. Like, just, <laughs> so you, know, <laughs> you know, and my kids also have a hard time with teasing they can't they can't read those cues so I'm always going to be messing around with somebody because it's a life lesson like you can't always be so serious thinking in your head it's like let let loose a little bit that's brilliant I mean you have a lot of children with um spectrum disorders difficult behavior issues don't you you have an unusual crowd which is uh, right so I was trained in infant mental health and yeah. then I was trained in adopted kids and I did the reunification with bringing them parent and child together. So I did a lot of attachment work. And then I have one supervisor who did a lot with it, uh, adoption and, and attachment. So I have a couple adopted kids and then I also have some kids on the spectrum. So I have a wide range just because of my background. I trained with, I was very fortunate. I was able to train with different people at the same time versus one approach. So mm -hmm. I've been able to look at like, okay, is this a behavioral stuff, a sensory thing? And then looking at the trauma background and kind of figuring out where, where it goes. So every kid has a different approach. That's important to me that everything's individualized. But once again, it's all the same fundamentals though, the relationship. Yeah. You it know, is. it comes down to the relationship. It absolutely does. And, you know, we have a child on the spectrum. And I would say that was the beginning of our journey of trying to find some parenting tools, because I just found the common ground, the common stuff. It just wasn't meeting the needs, which in our case were extreme. So we went off and found tools that really worked for him and then found actually they work for the whole family. They work for us even. But we started right. at that point. And I think you're right. The principles are the same across the board, aren't they? They're probably just a little bit more intense across the spectrum issues. Right. And I think for this, with the kids on the spectrum is like, they can't process a lot of information, right? So it's hard for them to do. And they have different steps. And it's the same with kids with trauma. It's mm. the same with kids with attachment. So once they get into that, that framework and everything breaks down, it's the same interventions of being able to pause once again, take it slow, build on the relationship, build on the trust, because that's what it comes down to. And so, if you had one tip, one thing, if your book had one chapter, what would it be? Consistency. Oh, I love it. Yes. If you're not consistent, again, like when you're going into lying and modeling that, like if you are going to say you're going to do something, you have to do it. I love it. Do you know, <laughs> I could go on all day. I really could. But I'm going to round off by asking you, What's a courageous thing that you've done in your life? <laughs> Started school. <laughs> in 48 hours. No, I think for me, the courageous thing is um, I'm very honest and I, and I am blunt, as most people will say. And um, I don't like the word aggressive, I guess. I've, I've been told, but I would say, like to say assertive. Um, I'm always about the child first. 
and whether the parents agree with everything or not. Um, I think one of the things is like being in my own power, in my own heart and like advocating for the child, even if parents don't like it or the, the school system doesn't like it, everything else. I mean, I've, that's what I've known for being just blunt and to the point. Cause but I like results. I like to be seeing things happening. And I also want to make sure that the child is heard. And so it's not, you know, I, I say either love me or you hate me. You go two ways. I love you. Um, yeah. And I loved you when I said it, especially when you sent me the thing. I was mortified. I'm all, I knew I loved her. And the fact that you sent me that, I'm all, oh, she's blunt like me. Not everybody's used to someone just so straightforward and be like, well, no, we're not going to do this right now because of X, Y, and Z. Um, or no, did you hear that your child wants this? I don't want a child to get in trouble for something that they're struggling for. And it's not fair for them. It's courageous being honest because you do risk rejection. Not everybody's going to like that. No, and I get rejected a lot and it's okay. And I, 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 they all come back eventually because I think that they go somewhere else. I'm like, what just happened? And kids actually really like me. I'm always on the floor with them. I, I'm always playing with them. And so it is tricky. <laughs> yeah, it is. But going back to what you said, you talk about, you know, always advocating for the child, but having got to know you a little bit, it doesn't mean that you're not boundaried, does it? You're not about giving no, I- anything they want. No, I won't like give them anything they want. No way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, once again, like it's a balancing act, right? If when I have high expectations, I'm gonna, you know, have fun and do other on other days, right? So we like we've testing this week. I'm like, listen, if you guys can give me a solid hour of attention and really try, you can do whatever you want the rest of the day of school. Right. So it's not, I'm, I want to have them have that free choice of what they want to do. And it's not me controlling everything. So I do like to have fun, but I also know that I like to have fun, but they know when I mean it, I mean it. And that's about the consistency again, isn't it? Always being the same. Yeah. You just touched on something there, which we may have to come back to if there isn't enough time, but I hate timeouts. And did you just say, I hate it too. Yeah, I don't like (laughs) put it there. Yeah, I'm a high five. Yeah, I'm like, I would rather teach how to take a break and how to regulate your body versus getting a timeout because it doesn't make sense. And a lot of times, kids are like, "I didn't hear you." I really believe they probably didn't hear them in that moment. Timeouts actually cause more anxiety because then who's going to be there when they're upset, right? So Mm -hmm. to me, I'm all I don't leave a child when they're upset. Like I said, I might be in the other like in the corner of a room, but I'm not going to leave a room. Hmm. right I'm going to be there and when they're ready to do it and then we'll go back and try it again that's all it is about as education right but then I do think you are gifted as well oh thank you (laughs) I'll be stealing some of your stuff and thank you for even asking me and I appreciate it and I love um your personality and I think we're very similar so I'm taking (laughs) it as a compliment I love it I love it I've learned so much from just chatting with you and I love your humility too because Nobody's an expert. I know I'm still learning every day and I've learned a lot. From oh, yeah. conversation. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm all, my t- kids are teaching me all the time. Oh, That's it. Stop. Brilliant. Isn't she gorgeous? So here's a new one for my toolkit. When children are acting out, you know, that kind of I'm going to frustrate someone so everyone's feeling the way I'm feeling type of behavior. I shall move to rewind and repair. In fact, as many of you know, we foster. So I've had a few chances to put that into practice. And I also love that approach of thinking, what are we working on? What are our goals? Not just goals for the kids, but goals for us as parents and carers. And I know that I've written a few of mine down. I shan't be working on all of them at once, but I've logged them so that I can move to them. 
And for me, as you've heard in the podcast, it's learning to rephrase things at the same time as diffusing the situation. So I've said something, it's offended or riled or touched a button. So we bring in that code word that the child has chosen. And then when they say that, I know, ah, I need to find another way of saying that. And it's really working. It diffuses and it helps that child to see that I can rewind too. Modelling is so important, isn't it? And I just want to encourage you, when you're bringing in a new tool or a new strategy so that you can diffuse something in your family life or reset or achieve that new goal that you're trying to work on, it always takes time. And when you start, you think, gosh, is this worth it? I can't believe it. This is just sort of stretching everything. But it really passes quickly. And as Vanessa says, you know, one of your roles is to increase their frustration tolerance. I love that. That's one of my take homes. And that will stand them in such good stead for life and for learning. So my encouragement is it won't always take time. It will settle. It's just that early phase when you're bedding it in. So power through and it will soon just become part of your family culture. And when it builds connection or diffuses tension, it's got to be worth it. I hope that you've come away with one or two or maybe more new things as well. And if you've enjoyed meeting Vanessa, find her on Instagram, TikTok, her blog, or just punch her name into Google and you'll track her down. I'll put a few links in the show notes for you. And download that book. It's an easy, fruitful read and the link will be in the show notes. I'm so grateful to Vanessa for her hard-won insights into children's behaviour and her generosity to us here on the podcast. Never a dull moment. Now let me ask you a couple of questions. Is there someone that inspires you that you think would be great on the podcast? If so, please let me know and I'll take a look. Are there any topics that you'd like covered? Let me know that too. And you can find me just about everywhere under The Courageous Mama on Instagram, on the blog, on the podcast and on email at gmail. And lastly, could you do me the great honour of popping me a review on the podcast and throwing me a few stars too? I'd love that. Thank you. So it just leaves for me to say have a great half term if you're in the UK. If you're in warmer climes, enjoy the beach. Yes, we've been seeing the photographs, jealous as we are. And to all of you, thank you for joining me. I'll see you next week. Bye.